Hello, friends. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for helping the Art of Fitness hit the top 200 in the fitness and nutrition category. Thank you very much. In just five short weeks, you've helped me do that. I really appreciate it. And as a token of my appreciation, I'm giving away a barbell. So go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com and click the photo link. You can't miss it. It's like the first thing you'll see. It's a shot of uh, Rogue Echo Bar with like arrows pointing to it saying free. Just click on that, type in your name, type in your email, and I'm going to choose a lucky winner. Um, so I'll leave it up there for a little while to give everybody a chance to hear this. And thanks again, and good luck. I really appreciate it. I'm Steve Service, and this is the Art of Fitness. Hey everybody, welcome to The Art of Fitness. I'm Steve Serbis and today I'll be talking to Tasia Persevich. Tasia is a 26-year-old CrossFit athlete who is also a coach at CrossFit Free in Salem, New Hampshire. A gymnast from the age of five, Tasia was offered a full-ride gymnastic scholarship to the University of New Hampshire where she earned a bachelor's in biology. After graduating in 2013 and leaving competitive gymnastics, Tasia said she felt lost, milling around gym floors, bouncing from treadmill to elliptical. Tasia was then introduced to CrossFit and started her journey as a competitor shortly after. She made her regional debut in 2015, and at the 2016 CrossFit Games, she found herself with a 15th place worldwide finish. Tasia is a gym. She has a very strong faith, and if you already follow Tasia on social media, you'll know that she has just suffered a major disappointment in the last event of the 2017 CrossFit Open. Uh, she got sick and had to put in a score of one, which pretty much eliminated her chances of moving on, and she was currently fourth in the region. But... Um, talking with her, you wouldn't know it disappointed her whatsoever. She just exudes positivity. Um, also, I want to preface this episode by letting you know that our conversation goes to places that I didn't really foresee. Um, Tasia shared a part of her past that she had never talked about before, and I want to take the time right now to thank Tasia for her bravery and her sincerity because this episode may help someone out there who needs to take a first step, um, whatever that first step may be. But before we get into my talk with Tasia, let's go to the question of the day. Jordan asks, why is it so difficult to get a six-pack? Um, the good news is, Jordan, is that you probably already have a six-pack. Unfortunately, you may not be able to see it yet. In order to see your abdominals, your body fat percentage needs to be anywhere between about 8% and 12%. And I know that sounds like a broad margin, but people differ when it comes to where we hold on to adipose tissue. Um, ultimately, this comes down to a healthy, well-planned nutrition program. But the fastest way to change your body composition is to start building muscle. See, your lean, your lean body um, requires more calories to sustain itself the larger it gets. Uh, what I mean by this is the bigger your muscles, the more calorie requirements. Now, couple that with well-thought-out nutrition and the fat will disappear. So, what is well-thought-out nutrition? Figure out your basal metabolic rate or the calories you need to simply be. Then take into account your activity level per day and adjust those and add calories to your baseline needs according to your daily calorie expenditure. Now, once you have that number, divide that number into macronutrient percentages. 
Once done, divide each macronutrient into the number of meals you will eat per day based on what fits your lifestyle. Now, that was, Jordan, of course, a very quick and general description of nutrition specificity without giving you any specifics at all. (laughs) I realize that. The reason is because facts I would need to offer more specifics would be your current fitness level, your current body fat percentage, your hourly activity level, your current eating habits, if you have any allergies, if you have any diseases, if you have any injuries, and so on and so forth. However, with a, with a pointed and specific internet search, you can, you can find real answers um, in this sea of misinformation. And if you're having a hard time, you can email me at steve at the art of fitness podcast.com and, um, and I'll help you further, Jordan. All right, friends, let's listen to my conversation with Tasia Persevich. Tasia. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for coming on The Art of Fitness. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to start with this. So tell me about, you got sick on on the last open um, workout, did you not? I did. I did. I got really sick um, going into 17.5. I... Um, I was in fourth in my region going into that workout, so feeling pretty good about qualifying um, for regionals, and I started getting sick actually like that Wednesday before, but um, I didn't really feel nervous about it. I trained through being sick all the time, so um, it was kind of a second thought, and then it (laughs) escalated rather quickly. you know, as it turned out, I was not able to do the final workout. So what was it? What what were you ill with? Um, I went to the doctor and they told me it was bronchitis. So I started on some antibiotics on Sunday. Mm. Um, I should have listened to my mother and gone to the doctor way sooner than that. But of course, you know, being being me, I'm a little stubborn. And I mm. was like, I'm fine. I'm, I can work out through anything. Like, this isn't going to stop me. And then, you know, it, it did. <laughs> And what did that feel like? I mean, did you just like hit a brick wall? Because, you know, I, I, I know your type, <laughs> you know what I mean? That just barrels through it. And, and, you know, you couldn't tell if people were sick or not, but, you know, I'm assuming that this was pretty severe and what, what, what was going on with your body? Yeah. I've honestly never really experienced that in this type of setting. As far as I've never been this sick in CrossFit before, um, I, it was more like my body just wasn't my body. Like I, the thrusters in the workout were 63 pounds, which is a joke for me. Like strength is my right. strong suit to say in this sport. Yeah. And I remember um, them being so heavy. Like my legs, my legs just wouldn't function like they're supposed to function. That's terrible. Um, so it's just, it's really hard, I guess, to describe because yes, it was my, what I was saying to like, you know, my doctor, my nutritionist is like, okay, so my lungs are inflamed or whatever that happens with bronchitis, but I was feeling it all in my body, which according to them, that makes sense if there's no oxygen going to the body. Yeah, you're not oxygenating your muscles, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I want to apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened to you because I know that you were going into this season and you're quoted as saying that, you know, you feel you felt the fittest that you felt uh, going into these, this open and, you know, to work as hard as you did all year and up until this year to have something like that prevent you from moving on. That just really kind of sucks. And I'm sorry you have to go through that this year. Well, thank you so much. Are you, but I see you training with a team. I am. So what's going on? Um, so because it's actually really incredible. Um, we had no intention of having a team because we are one female short and I, you know, had planned to obviously go individual again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and with my sickness, it turns out I, I'm a female, so I can <laughs> compete on the team and it's so cool. It's something that I don't think I would have ever really done on my own. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but to be surrounded by five other people that, you know, they want to be there just as much as I do. And they work, you know, they work hard. And I'm excited to be able to be out there with them and just enjoy something that otherwise, if I hadn't gone sick, they, you know, would not have been able to be out there. Yeah, or you. You know, I've, right. I've, I've coached both. I've coached individuals and I've coached team. And I'll tell you what, there's something about a team. It takes on a different shape and a different energy and something ethereal kind of happens there with with that group of people. And um, it's a, it's special. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. Um, which brings me to 1 Corinthians sixteen fourteen, right? Yeah. Why why do you have that on your um, on your Instagram feed? Why why that verse? Um, so First Corinthians sixteen fourteen is let all that you do be done in love, um, and that's just how I try to live my life a hundred percent of the time. Obviously, you know I'm human and I fail sometimes, but I actually I have that tattooed on me as well. It's it's really it is the essence of me. Like I just want to love on people and bring people joy and um crossfit is you know my method of doing that so it's it yeah it's just me if that makes sense (laughs) it does make sense and it sounds like you're a very special energy to be a part of a team as well you know thank you i don't know if you if you've thought about that but i'd like to point that out for you that you know that's what it takes to have a good team is the love of each other you know, and for each other. And, um, you know, I think it's pretty special that, and maybe, maybe it's, um, maybe it's just kind of meant to be that you're on that team this year, you know? I think so. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. So moving on, you're going on and what region are you in? I'm in the East region. All right. So you're going to be competing against a couple of my old pals. And (laughs) (laughs) so good luck and do well. Thank you. Um, but you've also I want to I want to talk about um, about your past with with food and weight and weight issues and sure. because you've been pretty you've been pretty open about the fact that um, you know in your past you may not have been eating enough and I'm just wondering how how much of that was a part of you before you decided to be this amazing athlete. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, I struggled with eating and food my entire life. I think that, you know, growing up being a gymnast, I, it's brought me so many good qualities, but it's also, you know, instilled some hard lessons. And in gymnastics, like I'm, I'm a bigger girl. I'm 5'5", like 155. And in gymnastics, that's big. Um, so going up, growing up in a sport that I did love and always being, I guess, considered big, it was, you know, it instilled some bad eating habits in me. And, um, when I started working with a nutritionist, Mike Malloy, about, I guess it's been like maybe a year and a half, two years ago now, I was so far under eating my calories, um, that it's been, it's definitely been a process to get those calories up, but now you know, I feel so much better. And that's, you know, the point of all of it. Right. And when you say you had bad habits, like, what are we talking here? So you're, you're a gymnast, I'm, I'm assuming that you spent several hours a day in, in the gym as a gymnast, mm-hmm. and you transitioned into a functional fitness athlete, where I'm sure that you're wasting through calories like a bull um what how much were you eating that it was offering a a a problem where it was like okay you know I'm I'm definitely under eating here sure um well I mean you know in my high school days when I was doing gymnastics I was always trying to stay under 1200 calories which is absurd um but when I started doing CrossFit, I was eating a little bit more than that. I was eating, when I started logging my food originally with um, Mike Malloy, I was eating about 1,800 calories um, a day, which is also very much under eating. Um, yeah. I also had, you know, a lot of just like little injuries that were reoccurring that we think, you know, is partially due to that. Um, 
but now I'm eating, I eat about, you know, 2,800 calories. So I've added a thousand calories to that over time. Um, cause it was hard for me to start eating that much more. Yeah. So, wow. 12 to 1800 calories. And you were probably, you were probably done with all of those by noon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty, my method when I was younger, I mean, I know a lot more about nutrition now, but my method was to eat breakfast and then eat dinner, which is literally like the worst thing you can do for your body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> wow. Well, that, that's great. And, um, you know, it shows, talk to me about your strength gains and, and, how your performance has changed since you started dumping more calories into your diet. Oh my gosh, it's been so much better. I've I've seen enormous strength gains that have, you know, it's come from nutrition, but also pro good programming and hard work, obviously. But um, I've put on, I just actually did like a snatch video of my snatch from when I started at CrossFit Free and it was 165 and that was, you know, maybe, I think I've been there like almost three years. And then... I snatched 210 um, just this past summer. So, like, that's an incredible numbers gain just on paper. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely helped my strength and just overall feeling better in the gym. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge, huge gain and obviously a causal effect, right? Yeah, for sure. Correlation between e eating and performance. I mean, you know, wow, big um, – all right, Tasia, are you ready to do this questionnaire? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Section one, the physical. We talked a little bit about some of this, but uh, but l let's let's plow through this and and see where you're at and what you're doing. How many meals do you consume in a day? So I eat three to four meals a day, depending on um, if I'm coaching early in the morning. Sometimes I have a second breakfast, but besides those meals, I do eat lots of snacks. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay. And in percentages of fat, protein, carbs, do you know your macronutrient breakdown per meal? I do. Um, well, I don't know it per meal. So for my macronutrient breakdown, just overall, I do 50% carbs, 25% protein, 25% fat, which mm -hmm. comes out to, I eat about 2,800 calories, 350 carbs, 175 grams of protein, and 75 grams of fat a day. Okay. Um, I try to get, you know, the majority of my carbs post- workout plus you know so make sure there's protein in there too all right so it changes it, it you, you have your set number for the day and then it changes based on activity yeah so if i'm doing you know depending on the intensity of the workout um and the intensity of each session you know i might consume a little bit more it's not an exact science for me like i'm not going to be like this exact number each time right. um just make sure i'm getting some carbs and protein Sure, I got you. How how much time do you take in between um, in in between eating and training? So after you eat, how long do you wait before you you start moving, or doesn't it matter to you? Um, it definitely matters to me. I ideally need at least two hours. Um, I kind of operate on. I'd rather do a workout, you know, slightly hungry than slightly full. I do feel worse when I'm, you know, if I eat something heavy and don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. um, in between, but you know, little things, it's easy. I can eat before, you know, shakes and, um, like fuel for fires and stuff like that is easy to consume and then work out right away. And fuel for fire. Can you just tell me what the, what that is? Oh, sure. It's like, um, a protein and carb pouch of like, actually just literally fruits and protein in like a squeezable, like baby pouch. <laughs> it's like baby food for, for, um, animals. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you train in a day? Um, I consistently train two times a day, uh, depending on the year or the time of year, I'll add like a third session, but it's never, um, as intense as my first two sessions. It'll be mostly like a session of accessory work or solely breathing work, which would be, you know, just like the bike, the assault bike or something like that. Mm -hmm. And what does, let's just talk about right now. So what does a typical training day for you look like? You wake up in the morning. Yeah, I wake and, up super early. Uh, uh -huh. I coach the early morning classes um, at CrossFit Free. So I'll wake up, I coach a class, then I'll eat, I'll coach again, and then I'll start my AM session at 10, my first AM session. I'll coach after that, and then my PM session is at 1. Um, I'll eat again. 
um, plus like all the snacks in between. And then I usually, you know, I'll rest a little bit. Sometimes I have um, private sessions at night. So if I have a private session, I'll do that. Otherwise, maybe if I'm, I spend, you know, the majority of my time at the gym, I'll hit some accessory work that I missed before I go home. And when you are thinking about your day, the AM session, PM session, and then you have accessory work, do you prefer doing the majority of your strength in the morning or in the afternoon, or do you do a combination of strength conditioning for each of those sessions? The majority of the time I do my strength in the AM session, and then my PM session would be like the wads or workouts that we're doing. Uh-huh. Um, but I we do mix it up sometimes, and I do like that to do the breathing work in the morning and then strength in the afternoon. It just kind of depends on you know, what the goal is for each session. Right. Okay. And we're going to move on to section number two. Okay. Um, the mental. How would you describe your state of mind while training? Um, I would describe my state of mind as happy and relaxed during training. I, I really try to focus on enjoying being there, you know, so I like to dance and sing not to any great Um, not any greatness, but I do it anyways. Um, and just trying to like have fun, you know, in the in-between, obviously when the clock starts, I'm very competitive. So I'm gonna, you know, zone in and go hard, but I do like to, you know, keep the environment light. Yeah. Do you, so you train with partners? I do. And have they been training with you for a while or is it something that, you just yeah, um, um, so, kind of tap somebody who's in the room with you and say, hey, do this with me. No, it's mostly um, the training partners. I normally train with um, Chase Smith and Lynn Casotas are like my normal morning partners. Um, and we've been training together for for years since I've you know been there. So we know each other well and um, we know how to like push each other. And, you know, if someone's having a down day, we try and bring each other up as much as we can. Yeah, great. And then the clock starts. And let's talk about your mental state in competition. How would you liken your mental state in competition to any type of organic or inorganic substance? What would it be? I really like this question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I so I likened my mental state to water. Yeah. um, Because, well, for a couple things, like, I really try to focus on um, being in the present moment. And um, this question started making me think about The Mindful Athlete. I have read that book before. and um, What book is that? The Mindful Athlete. Okay. Um, and they talk a lot about, you know, uh, mindfulness and just like being present in that moment. Yeah. Um, and water, you know, it got me thinking because it's, it's able to adapt, right? So you have to adapt when you're out on the floor Water can be powerful, which I like to think of myself as, but graceful at the same time. I, I try to really carry myself with grace when I'm out on the floor um, because, you know, it's an opportunity of the lifetime to be where I'm at. And I truly love it. So many people would, you know, want to be out there. So there's nothing but good things that should be coming from my mind and my state of being when I'm out there. Imagine this scenario. So you're holding a baby in your right arm and a cooler holding a vital organ to be delivered to a loved one in need in your left. You come to a canyon. The only way across is via zip line, which requires one of your hands to hold on with. What do you put down and what do you take with you? The baby or the vital organ? Uh, So my first thought is, can I put the baby in the cooler and take them both with me um but if it came down to an absolute choice knowing myself i i couldn't leave a baby like a a live crying baby um just sitting there um although the organ is bringing life it's not going to be crying at me you know (laughs) to take it with me so i would choose a baby okay great A news broadcast just reports that the Earth is going to be struck by an asteroid the size of our moon. Officials have known about this for some time, but we're just finding out, and it's going to hit within 24 hours. It'll mean a certain end for our planet. 
how will you spend your last 24 hours? Um, my last 24 hours, I would want to be surrounded by my family 100%. Um, and ideally, we'd be hiking a not very strenuous mountain because I love to be outside and I love to, you know, just see those views of nature from up high. So on our our hike, we would have a feast, obviously, filled with fantastic food that I would bring along, make sure I had, you know, my pizza and my pancakes and all that stuff. <laughs> I was just going to ask, what, what would be in that meal? Uh, pancakes, for sure. I love pancakes and pizza, you know. Um, and then I also, it's like, I have these two super unhealthy things that I love, but I love blueberries. I have this, like, I just love them. I could eat, well, I normally eat pints, you know, at once. Um, yeah. <laughs> so blueberries. And then I was thinking too, I don't have a dog or anything, but hopefully on our hike, we would cross <laughs> lots of puppies and dogs. <laughs> but not to eat. No, not to eat. <laughs> Just to love. Pet. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that final meal, although each individually, it sounds pretty amazing. Together, sounds pretty disgusting. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> be a good combo. Pancakes with pizza and blueberries. <laughs> oh, man. And puppies. And puppies. <laughs> Uh, all right. And uh, so that's in the food. And then who would you surround yourself with? You said the people that you love. Give me three. Um, oh, it definitely. I'm going to give you four because it would okay. be um, my mother, my older sister, Tamar, my older brother, Caleb, and my younger brother, Zach. Wonderful. All right. This is a two-part question. When is it essential to lie? And when is it deplorable to tell the truth? They're similar but different. Yeah, they're they're very similar. I I have a hard time because I feel like there's very few times in life that it's essential to lie. Okay, and when is it deplorable to tell the truth? Um, <laughs> I guess kind of the same thing, or like maybe. Yeah, I would I would say I guess the same thing doesn't matter. Right. Who in history, either real or fictional, would you describe as resilient and why? Why that person? Um, so this person's not technically in history, um, but I had to, I sat and thought and thought and I had to choose my mother um, because my, my mother is like the most incredible woman that's ever existed and um, she raised... Why? Tell, tell me about her. Sure. She, she raised me and um, my three siblings on her own, um, you know, without a college degree and she, like, and without a college degree, I mean, she worked really hard at jobs that, you know, didn't pay well. She worked, you know, multiple jobs my entire life growing up and she literally sacrificed her entire life for us and... Um, like looking back, I just, I think about myself, you know, at 26 and trying to support myself and how my mother was able to support four children. I don't even understand how it was possible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord, man. Yeah. She sounds like a superhero. She is. Wow. That's amazing. Um, all right. Section three, the emotions. You're making me feel emotional. This is a perfect segue. <laughs> um, number one, what is your idea of perfect happiness, Tasia? For me, I would say it's truly just being at peace with yourself and um, just loving yourself and loving what you do every day will bring you that perfect happiness every day. And um, surrounding people like surrounding yourself with people that you do love and also you know want good things will bring perfect happiness so I I can relate it to my days now like I have those days of perfect happiness of just truly loving helping people like by coaching them and then also training and pushing myself to limits that I never thought were possible for me I think that that's like living out perfect happiness. What is the opposite of fear? I think the opposite of fear is joy. Um, I think that, you know, in fear there's, there's not trust or happiness. And then in joy there is. So like 
if you're joyful, you can't have any fear because you're truly, you know, at peace and happy. I was going to ask you to describe joy and you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, Finish this sentence for me. Love is. Love is everything. Um, I mean, I think it could be like endless, like love is sacrifice. Love is giving, you know, love is faith. Love, you know, for me, for me, love is everything. What recurring trait do you notice about yourself that makes you angry? Um, I tend to be like a people pleaser um, and not always in a good way. I think it's it's something that I have tried to work on because um, it can reflect negatively, you know, if you're always trying to make other people happy and like, you know, hope they like you and stuff like that, I think that that can cause negative side effects. Um, so it is something that I've always worked on. Yeah, that's tough, especially especially when you're a coach and you know you're in, in you've chosen a life of service. Exactly. Right? So how do you find the balance? Um, I guess just just continuing to learn more about myself. You know, I I swear I think that I figured myself out every year and then I learned something new and I think (laughs) (laughs) that that's what helps you change those things about you is recognizing like looking back and saying okay like this situation um maybe two years from now would be totally different because of the growth I've seen yeah how old are you Tasia? I'm 26 yeah you know it's amazing because there's something interesting about perspective as you age that, um, you know, I think that you have a really good mindset around understanding that as you move forward and you learn more, there's really a lot more to gain and learn and to understand That's you're in a really good place, Tasia. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Um, when do you experience sadness? Um, I experience sadness when other people are sad, I think you know, it was a huge time when I do, I always been like very compassionate and empathetic. And I think that because of things that I've gone through in my life, um, seeing other people struggle really, it really is hard. And then, you know, on top of that too, like if I'm, I can be sad if, you know, I don't live up to what I had wanted for myself, but that's all fleeting, right? Like sadness, you want to minimize it as much as possible and realize that you can be sad in a moment when things happen, but moving forward is, you know, a hundred percent the next thing you have to do. Mm -hmm. You said when you see others experience sadness because you think about the things that have happened in your life, um, can you give us one example? Like what was one of those hardships in your life that you'd be willing to share that, you know, you just kind of had to take a deep breath and decide to move forward. Sure. Um, yeah, I when I was when I was in college, I um, I was I got myself into an abusive relationship, and um, I think you know it's not something I really talk about. Honestly, I've never really talked about it publicly, but I think now that you know, it's been, it's been many years since then. And, um, I learned so much in that situation, just as far as what suffering really is. And, um, a lot about myself and, you know, the flaws that I have that it's hard to look back and be upset about it because I am so much of a better person because of it. And I can relate and empathize with, you know, different people that maybe I never could because of it. And honestly, the more times, because I I kept it like kind of a secret for a long time. And I, you know, I just felt shame from it, which is sad. And um, the more that I've talked about it, the more that I've seen more, you know, people that have gone through similar situations. And then we can connect and, you know, relate to that and be able to help other people. 
Wow, thank you so much for opening up and for sharing that with with us. Um, yeah, I'm going to be candid that you know I have a uh, I have a sister that's been in and out of three of them, oh, and wow. um, you know. Uh, to witness that as uh, you know this started when I was eight years old and um, thank you for sharing that because there's a great deal of shame that comes with being a victim and you know by you sharing that with us I'm sure that there might be somebody out there that um, that may be experiencing that that secret and uh, how how what was the day where you decided enough is enough? I mean, it was many, many tries of, of leaving. And I think that for me, it, it showed me, you know, these tendencies of attachment, um, like an unhealthy attachment. Um, and that it's not, you know, the greatest part about it was it showed me that situations like this aren't black and white in a sense of, when I was younger, I would have never counted myself as being caught in something like that. Like mm-hmm. I consider myself strong and powerful and I still do. Like I am a strong woman and, you know, I can take care of myself and wouldn't let anything like that happen to me. But then when you're in it, it's it's totally different. It's not black and white. And so people, it kind of brings you to like this club, like you're in like this club of understanding um, and not that other people don't understand, but some situations you can't relate to unless you've been through it. And, um, yeah, I hit, I mean, many points of enough is enough. And I <laughs> felt like I couldn't succeed. I, I went through some counseling. That was, I guess, probably the turning point is I got myself into counseling and, um, I committed to, um, cutting contact and, you know, one week became two weeks, two weeks became a month. And, you know, now it's been many years and, um, you know, it's, I don't know, you just, you hit a point and that's it. Well, thank you. And congratulations. And I'm glad that you did hit that point. And, um, and I'm glad that you sought out the help that you needed in order to get out of that because, you know, I mean, you're a pretty special person today and I'm sure that, um, that that was no small feat. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. All right, moving on. Tell us about the last time you were genuinely surprised. Um, so about two weeks ago, I hit a PR clean of 250 and it was a hang clean, but that I was genuinely surprised because I know that I've been capable of that, but the timing of it to me is just mind boggling. Um, in a sense that, like, I haven't been focusing on strength at all right now because, you know, strength is a strength and I need to focus on the things that aren't a strength. Um, and this is what just, you know, makes me love CrossFit even more. I mean, CrossFit in just the sense that the human body is so incredible. Um, I I really don't know how I did it, but <laughs> um, I hang clean 250. And that was like the most surprise I've been in a long time. I was running around screaming. That is, that is crazy. I mean, uh, a hang clean 250. How much do you weigh right now? 155? Yeah. Wow. Dude. Yeah, that's a pretty big lift. Yeah, I was happy with it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Very good. Um, all right. What word or action you're so positive and filled with love but <laughs> thank you what what word or action incites a feeling of disgust in you um i would say just like bullying people making fun of people um it it really makes me feel sad inside and i think that you know even you know me i'm not perfect i make mistakes and if i ever catch myself you know saying something that's out of hand i'd like to take a step back and you know, be like, wow, like you need to reevaluate that. And I think that, um, yeah, that's what I really don't like to see. Yeah. Section four, the spirit, the spiritual. What is your definition of the spirit? Um, so I took this as 
the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I, I have a really strong faith and um, my definition, you know, of the Holy Spirit is just like, you know, God's energy in me and um, the words and actions that he places on my heart. Uh, I feel that, you know, I've always felt that I've had a really strong connection with the Holy Spirit, which is, it's kind of funny because before I even, you know, became a believer, I prayed a lot. Like growing up when I was young, I prayed a lot, you know, in my sports and stuff, but I prayed without really believing, which is kind of strange to me when I look back. Uh, how do you, how do you mean that? What do you mean? You, you, you prayed, but didn't believe that you were praying to anything? Well, I guess I believed I was, you know, I knew I was praying to like God, but I hadn't like accepted, you know, Christ. I hadn't really like taken the time to even, I guess, care to know what, you know, what my faith would look like. Like I didn't have a faith in a sense of, I was never thinking about, you know, you know, what I was doing and stuff like that. But like, I would pray, you know, I would like, I would pray for, you know, protection over myself and like my mom and things. But I guess it was, it wasn't empty, but I think it was, it wasn't directed as, you know, as it is now with more understanding. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it is kind of funny because I do think about like, I think I was like almost like praying without even realizing because I've, I've carried it over into, you know, my sports now. Like if you see me out, people always comment to me because when I'm out on like the regionals floor, the games floor, um, the music and everything is so loud that for me, I like to pray aloud. Um, so I'll talk aloud to myself, like literally my, my judges, sometimes I think they think I'm crazy, but, um, <laughs> I'll be out there like talking. It's like a prayer. Plus like I do a lot of positive self-talk, but I do it all aloud. And people are always like, what are you saying? Like, I see you talking and like <laughs> to yourself and I'm like, yep, I, it's just, it's easier for me to hear myself if it's not in my head. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me ask you this, because I've never heard anybody describe it that way before. Okay. Um, so wh when did when did you become a believer? What did that look like? Um, so in college, I, you know, I actually sought, well, someone sought me out um, more so. She, this woman, um, Mags, she just, she sought me down for like, the athletes intervarsity it was like a Christian group. I competed um, gymnastics in college, and um, I really I lost myself going into college. I, you know, I was very sheltered growing up with gymnastics, and um, I just I lost who I was. I guess I maybe didn't even know who I was at that point, and was in a very dark place. And um, yeah, God, you know, for me, God just showed himself to me in many situations and scenarios. And um, I started to learn more about him, you know, through just like being surrounded by other believers. And um, that's where I came to, like, as I see it, like become a believer and um, accept Christ into my life. Um, and for that, it's, 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 it's a complicated subject. Like I, think religion is a very complicated subject for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I see myself as just, I'm like very, very spiritual. Um, and I think a lot of times it, it looks like rules and regulations. And I think, you know, everyone's different. I just am speaking for myself that, you know, I see it differently than that. Um, right. So... So before you became a believer and before you accepted Jesus, do you think that those prayers um, that you were saying that you you eloquently described, way more eloquently than I am, um, prior to you being a believer, do you, what do you think happened to those? Do you think they were listened to? Um, I think for me, like, I think that God always had a hold on my heart and I think that was the Holy Spirit for me and that's why I feel like even now today, like most people don't recognize the Holy Spirit. Like they feel like they have a hard connection with them. And um, I think, you know, those prayers were just like part of my destiny in the sense of that I was going to become a believer, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, that totally makes sense. Moving on, what what happens to us when our bodies die? Um, I believe, you know, I believe in, obviously I have a faith, so I believe in heaven yeah. or hell. So, um, you know, when our bodies die, you know, it's, it's one of the two. Okay. Name one event in your life that you can most closely describe as a miracle. Just one. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. I actually have like... A list. That's I all right. You, you, could, you could give me more than one. No, that's okay. <laughs> but I'll start. Um, I want to... When I was in college, I, um, I went through a period. There was like a time where I, I literally, you know, I've always... Not always, but I've always struggled with money. You know, just, you know, my mom, she, you know, she did the best she could, but we, we never really had a lot of money. And um, in college, you know, I got a scholarship. So... Luckily, a lot of the things, you know, that I did there were paid for. Um, but at one point, I, I remember this very vividly. I It was like towards the end of the year, and I I didn't know how I was going to, you know, eat my next meal. Like, I, I had nothing and nobody to help me. And um, there was this, this woman who worked at the dining hall, Tammy, and she, um, she worked in the mornings there. And I remember, like... I remember sitting, I was like crying. I was so upset because um, I didn't know how I was going to eat breakfast. And, you know, I'm, I'm me. I like to eat food. So I really was stressing about it. And something called me to just like go to the dining hall. Like I had, I didn't have any passes and I didn't have money to pay for it. And when I got there, um, Tammy, this woman who, you know, I had chatted with many times going in and out, she, she was there and she, Literally, I said nothing to her about my situation, and she was like, "Honey, come here." And she and I walked up to her, and I, like, she knew. I don't know. I don't even know. She knew, and she was like, "Go on in, like, go get some food." And then after that, she let me. Anytime she worked, she let me eat, and um, it's pretty cool because she one, I never said one word to her about anything that was going on, and two. She, you know, she could get in trouble for something like that, and yeah. um, she chose to help me. So, yeah. Do you still talk to Tammy? I actually don't. I haven't since I graduated. I haven't seen her. Well, thank you, Tammy. <laughs> if you're out there, um, it's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. When do you feel most connected with creation? Um, I feel most crea- connected with creation and nature. I love being outside. It's I love being outside, um, hiking, you know, seeing sunsets and sunrises and just like the vastness of our world. That is 100% when I feel most connected. What is the thing that is the closest resemblance to absolute truth for you? (laughs) This is a really hard question. Um, I... I guess for me, I would just say, you know, love, because that's how I live my life. And that's like 100% true 100% of the time, um, as far as for me. That's great. This is the the last question and the easiest one. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you feel you were put on this earth? Um, I actually know the answer to this question. I that's mean, great. I've... <laughs> I feel like, you know, my destiny is 100% to spread love and joy to people. And um, I I used to think that, you know, growing up, that would be through service of like being a doctor, like saving, like actually saving people's lives in like the literal sense. But I think that, you know, CrossFit has really been so amazing for me because it's shown me that I can live out my destiny, you know, spreading love and joy to people while doing something, you know, that I love and that's, you know, coaching and even competing and just, you know, being me and, you know, helping people in any way that I can. That's fantastic. Teja, you know, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, um, this conversation went into a direction that I wasn't really planning on. And, you know, I just, before before we say our goodbyes and and how we connect i just want to point out again that that was um that was really special for me that that you shared that part of your life that you overcame 
And, um, and I'd like to just take a moment to acknowledge your strength and to um, thank you for not going the dark path when it sounds like you've had some dark moments. And um, the fact that you found the love in your life and are choosing to use those dark moments as, as a learning, um, as a teaching in order to spread some light in the world. I think that we need more people like you. So thanks a lot. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Yeah. So how can we connect with you if we want to shed some, shine some light on our dark moments? How can the audience connect with, with, with you, Tasia? Sure. So um, my Instagram is probably the best way. It's just my full name, Tasia Persevich. Um, and then from there, you know, I'm welcome to anyone emailing me and it's tpersevage at hotmail.com. Very nice. Thank you for sharing that email. And do you have any events coming up that we should check out? I know you're going to regionals, but anything else that's important to you right now that you'd like, um, that you'd like us to check out? Um, as far as right now, it's just regionals is my sole focus and that's, um, next weekend in Albany. Okay, great. And some parting words. Um, it could be anything. These are your parting words to share with my audience. I call them a seed of inspiration. Um, but anything you want to share before we say goodbye? Sure. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the show. I had, you know, an incredible time and I felt like I got to places I didn't think I was going to go to on the show. And that's pretty cool. So as far as, you know, anyone out there, um, I would just have to say that, you know, you should be whoever you want to be, um, love who you are, and yeah, just follow your heart because it's going to bring you to where you should be. Tasia, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Tasia Persevich is a beacon of positivity. She's connected. She appreciates all experience, good or bad, and lets love guide her actions and inform her interactions. She's brave and gracious and relentless in pursuing self-betterment. This is why I feel Tasia Persevich is an artist. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Fitness. If you did, please subscribe, write a review. Also, go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com. Scroll down and do all of your Amazon shopping through the Art of Fitness portal. It would really help support. Thanks a lot. Oh,